Welcome back to the Docu Podcast, Shadow of a Mercenary. I'm your host, Kevin E. West, and it's time to get on board and journey into the unique life of Verlin Siefkees, a Kansas crop duster who simply enjoyed painting his daughter's toenails on their porch. But hell, it's easy to be betrayed when no one knows you exist. Well, here we are, Verlin, on the precipice of taking everyone into this world that you accidentally got forced into. So, smuggling prior to the official war on drugs era that we lived through, those of us who were around at that time, describe uh, and explain what packing and overloading as a smuggler uh, was like, then taking off on a short airstrip. Well, you pack the plane with as much as you can haul. I mean, an aircraft is set to haul so much, you have a, a load limit. like. The total airplane weight may be 7,000 pounds. Empty weight may be 5,000 pounds. So you've got 2,000 pounds that you could carry in fuel and cargo. So when you pack an airplane doing this, you're you almost double the weight that it's supposed to haul. So all your performance goes out the window. It takes longer to get it off the ground. If it's hot, it takes it longer to get off the ground. If it's humid, it takes longer to get off the ground. So when you're filling it filled with fuel and loading it with that much weight, you're 100% over what it's supposed to carry, which means you may not get the fucker off the ground. You really got to know what you're doing, and you got to have good equipment to get it off the ground. Did you ever have a plane so overloaded you couldn't take off? No. I wondered about it. I had to hold it so heavy I couldn't get it more than 150 foot for an hour. So, okay. Did you ever get close to clipping the top of some trees when you were trying to take off on an airstrip in the middle of fucking nowhere? Oh, yeah, about every time, probably 10, 15 foot most clearance. Okay. Prior to returning from the run with Cross Jr., had you ever been buzzed by any law enforcement ever? And had you ever had any difficult prior to then finding an airstrip anywhere? No, I never had trouble finding an airstrip. Wondered if I was going to find one. But no, I never had any trouble finding one. And you never had had any trouble at all related to anything before then? No. Okay. You're locked and loaded, man. I mean, you are about to go smuggling. A quick 750K, three runs, get out of debt, and move on with your life in about 30 days. <laughs> How did, how, how did it go? How did the first run go? Oh, it went all right, except that he never paid off. He said, well, I got to sell his stuff first. Or he came up with an excuse. We got to do one more and I'll pay you. Well, now I'm into it. I've gotten paid, what, 50000 out of the 250 You know, I said, I ain't doing nothing. I need some money now. Well, I'd have quit, but now I'm stuck. I got the airplane. I got to finish doing what I'm doing. So now I'm trapped. Right. So your friend Charlie Stevens is only going to use your Cessna for a couple of weeks. So you only have his plane for a couple of weeks before you put it back to the way it was. Did Bill Cross Sr. know that? Oh, he did. But he didn't know Charlie Stevens. No, he didn't know. But, it, it, you know, it's going to come back to bite him. He just thinks he could bullshit his way through. He's used to bullshitting. Right, but was 250 for the kind of load you were doing? Was that something that would have been normal? 
Yeah, that would have been normal for that. So he wasn't lying about the what he, what you were supposed to make. He just didn't come through. No, he didn't come through. So how long after the first run was the second run? Mm, probably three weeks by that time. And you still had Charlie's plane. Yeah. How'd you explain that? I forget what I said, but <laughs> I, you know I was getting pretty upset by that time. So we're supposed to land at Treasure Key in the Bahamas. And the police chief was supposed to secure the load and everything. Bill was supposed to have paid off the Colombians, and he didn't pay off the Colombians. And then he tried to screw the Colombians. He was supposed to pay off the air traffic controller and the property owner and the gorillas and everything. And he didn't do that. He was going to bullshit them and pay them part now and part later. I got as far as Greater Inagua. It's just right off the tip of Cuba in Haiti. It's a little island about two foot off the water, and they have to be paid off to clear the landing strip to land in Columbia. So I went off with their customs guy is paid off. So he stamps my passport and I figure everything is good. So I go off. Well, he didn't do it. So I had to stay in Inagua overnight. Well, he had Don Martin fly the money down to finish paying everybody off. Wait, time out. Who paid Don Martin? Ross did. He finally come up with the money, send Martin in another airplane to pay off the people. So Don Martin is somebody who worked for Bill Cross Sr., who was paid by Cross Sr. to come down and make a separate payment because Cross Sr. didn't do his job to begin with, correct? Correct. He was trying to pay him off of Southern bullshit, and they weren't buying off on it. So was Don Martin a good person, in your opinion? Oh, he was all right. He was in a buying for money like the rest of us, and he looked at that as trying to make some money to get himself out of hock. I forget what business he had now, but he had a small business and he was in the hole and and uh so he was going to fly a couple loads and get it at, get his business out of hawk so don martin basically was another version of you he was in the same boat he was trying to make quick money and pay off bills correct correct so you're pissed and you're in greater anagua right ross did he finally come up with the money send martin in another airplane to pay off the people Okay, so Don Martin is somebody who worked for Bill Cross Sr., who was paid by Cross Sr. to come down and make a separate payment because Cross Sr. didn't do his job to begin with, correct? Correct. He was trying to pay him off of Southern bullshit, and they weren't buying off on it. So was Don Martin a good person, in your opinion? Oh, he was all right. He was in a buying for money like the rest of us, and he looked at that as trying to make some money to get himself out of hock. I forget what business he had now, but he had a small business and he was in the hole and and uh so he was going to fly a couple loads and get it at, get his business out of hawk so don martin basically was another version of you he was in the same boat he was trying to make quick money and pay off bills correct correct so i'm stuck there and i told him i said they're not gonna let me come over there and you've got me stuck here and you're gonna have to go pony up the money like you said you were gonna do so he had to go send another guy to me with the money. I'm stuck. So I had to spend the night there while Don Martin brought me the money down. And while we were at Inagua, we stayed in this shack. Inagua is just a little tiny island with an airstrip on it about two foot off the water with chickens and a shack and a fuel supply. That's where the Cubans land to refuel airplanes to arm the guerrillas in Cuba at the time. You were using an airstrip in a section of the Bahamas? Yeah. That's an airstrip that's used to refuel the armed Cubans? 
Yeah. Uh, Man, you're insane. Then I find out Carl London is on the island, and he comes, he hunts me up, and uh, we go over to is an English school teacher, and he conned himself into staying with the English school teacher family in the in the islands. So then somebody comes up, one of his connections, and said, "Oh, the police chief is looking. Or your load is gone. The four million dollars worth of quaaludes are gone." And and the police chief is looking to kill you. I said, well, this isn't going to work. So I took my trusty 9mm and the police chief and a couple of his deputies are sitting under a palm tree and it's about dark. They're deciding what to do. And I come up to the side window and stick my pistol in his ear. And he says, oh, my brother, mine, we're just trying to find you. We're trying to help you out. And I said, yeah, well, where's the shit? It's supposed to have been moved to another island. Oh, we are keeping it safe. I said, well, let's go where we're keeping it safe. So he took me to his, and I told him, I said, now, it's off safety. It's off safety. It's in your ear. If one of your guys jump, move, or do anything, it's going to blow what little brains you have outside of your car. So he takes me over to his house, and there he had it stacked in his living room. Four million quaaludes? Four million dollars worth. But you're still, you're supposed to finish this run now, and by your estimation, you're supposed to be coming away with 450 more thousand dollars yeah. at this point. So you finish run two, you get back to Georgia, and what happens with Bill Cross Sr.? He's still up to his same shit. So, I, I should have just, if I'd have known how the system worked, I'd have cut and run and took the reward money. The reward money reward money for his head yeah for doing that you know you get paid so much up to two hundred fifty thousand dollars by the government but how did you know that there was a, a reward on bill cross senior's head it doesn't make any difference oh so just based on what you'd already done you could have turned him in yeah okay i gotta turn him in and turn into do what i did later on and never had any problem just burned him with the sting operation right up front gotcha so you didn't do that because you kept because you wanted to make the money and get out, so you agreed to do a third run with him, right? How much did you? How much did you actually get for the second run? Oh, I don't know. I Another fifty got... or sixty? Yeah, probably. And beyond that moment in time in Greater Anagua, did you ever deal with or see Don Martin again? I think yeah, we probably did. I think I may have seen him once in North Georgia after that. So Cross Senior Stiffshoe. For 200K post-run number one, then he leaves you sitting in a chicken shack in Greater Anagua after run number two. Did you physically see him or, or meet with him personally after all this bullshit? Yeah, I met with him a couple times up in North Georgia. I don't remember exactly when. And you didn't punch him? No, I didn't punch him. I should have. Right, but you didn't punch him because he was your meal ticket. He was your cash cow. And you kept believing him, right? Well, I had to play along with it because I was in a hell of a bind. I didn't have any money. I didn't have any way to make any money. So I had to play along with him and let him hand money out for a while. Man, you're like between a rock and a hard place squared. But you were holding a key angle because I know we, we briefly touched on this before, but let's say it again. You had what? I had that little tape from production credit that the that they suggested I do that, and they'd launder the money for me. 
Oh, okay. I'm sorry. You just crossed a crazy line. Are are you trying to tell me that you had a? How would you ever begin to have a conversation with a production credit lender that led someone who was an executive at the bank to suggest that you actually be a quote unquote drug runner? Is that what you're telling me? That's what I'm telling you. This was suggested to you by production credit before you ever did this? Yeah. Okay, that sounds like either something... And then they said they'd launder the money for you. Yeah, could run it through the production credit. There's accounts receivable that I'd collected. Oh, okay. So this would maybe you would find unusual and also seemingly normal to them, like they did it all the time. Might have. I didn't trust them. How do you think I taped... Why do you think I taped them when they showed up at the office? So these guys came to you, yeah. to your office, yeah. at your crop dusting company yeah. in 1980, and basically said, you know, Verlin, if you just blah, 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 we'd be happy to blah, 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 and everybody will be happy. And you taped them. Yeah, exactly. That's pretty damn smart, man. And so you decided to do a third run. Did he make good on that at that point? No, everything went to hell. He's what I call SBS. Southern bullshit. Did he introduce you to his son? He had a junior, right? Bill oh, Cross he introduced junior. me to that idiot right up front. He was Billy Jr. See, it's always a guy named Billy. See? Oh, a guy named Billy or Bubba, you know. <laughs> and what was wrong with his son? Oh, he thought he was tough taking kung fu or something like that. So he was going to go along as a co-pilot. Uh... Why did Bill Cross want him to, was he a pilot? Oh, he thought he could teach him to fly and not have to pay a pilot. It takes a lot of talent to get an overloaded airplane off a short strip and find that strip in the jungle in the first place at night. Because you remember in those days, we didn't have GPS. We had to use a map and navigation right. and look out the window. And the, when you go across that stretch of water, you got all kinds of different wind currents at different altitudes. I mean, you can get a, 30 knot tailwind, a 30 knot headwind, and when you're loaded, that makes a lot of difference in gas. And when you're overloaded like that, you're sagging. It's, you got, you just got to, got to finesse it to keep flying the airplane. Sure. So Bill Cross Sr. obviously didn't have the aptitude to understand the, what we may would call the nuances and sensitivities to being this type of a pilot, a narcotics type runner or whatever it may have been. But he stuck his son in a plane with you to learn. Is that it? Yeah, but that idiot would have never learned. Yeah, but that... <laughs> uh, I believe you. I believe that he never would have learned. Where were you headed to? Was it different? Or was it still just marijuana and quaaludes? Just quaaludes. And it was south of Santa Marta. Carl had built the Columbians about a 5,000-foot runway out of white sand from the beach down there. I see. We're back to Carl again now. So now you're running a job to Carl. Yeah, he was the air traffic controller for smugglers. They may take seven or eight airplanes in there a day. I mean, it was like an official airport, smuggling aircraft going everywhere. Carl built an airstrip and an illegal air control tower in yeah. Santa Marta, Colombia? Yeah. South of Santa Marta. I mean, that's kind of... You can it's see kind that of brazen and bold, isn't it? Oh, I don't know. You can see that white sugar sand runway for seven miles. That's kind of my point. 
<laughs> it's, it's, it's not like it's, it's not like he's taking a can of soup from the market. I mean, this is something that you can see overhead. Yeah, but they're paid off. The air traffic controllers paid off. The military's paid off. The landowners paid off. And the grill is paid off, and the local police are paid off. So that's why you have to haul so much. And then when you get across, and if you're dropping it in the in the Bahamas, well, then the police in the Bahamas are paid off, and the cigarette boat operators are paid off. So there's a lot of hands in the pie for the net. Yeah, and you got to pay off. So it's a business. you got to right. pay off so many hands. Here we are again in that hold-your-horses moment. So you're on your third run for Bill Cross Sr. Still haven't got what you're supposed to get, you're still not out. This is all within 30 or 40 days. Now you got the idiot son with you. What happens on the way home, man? Well, we were on the way back to Callaway. No, there was supposed to be an airstrip in uh, South Georgia, and we couldn't find a son of a bitch, and it was Bill had given us where it was supposed to be. Instead of giving it to me, he gave it to Dipstick, his son. And... Uh, we couldn't find it, and we're out of gas, and there's a crop duster strip down there. They were they were on our tail by that time. Billy had a... Who's on your tail? Uh, DEA. Why was the DEA on your tail? They had a uh, bug on the airplane. You're coming back on this run with Bill Cross Jr. How, how did you know the DEA was off your wing? Well, we could see him after a while, but Billy had a little bug detector, and it went off. He'd bought a... Uh, you could tell if they were, you were wired, a transmitter, like if you were wear, wearing a wire. And later on, I had one that was like a credit card. If you had a bug on your transmitter, the size of a pencil eraser, the little end of a pencil eraser, a credit card would vibrate in my pocket. Well, he had one that would tell if the airplane was bugged, but it didn't go off until we were back over land. They had a transponder, which is a, you put in numbers and it tells the air traffic control who you are and where you are you're assigned that number well with the law enforcement transponder they put the number in and it just bleeps itself across the country and they track you so when you come back into u.s airspace that thing was bleeping i see you're talking about an early fuzzbuster or a low jack no it's a law enforcement transponder yeah it it, it just goes on the airplane and uh, so you can have the code put in there for air traffic control center or for the center. doesn't make any difference. It's going to bleep that law enforcement transponder. So Billy's bug detector goes off. This airplane came from your friend. How did they have a bug on the airplane? You park it. It don't just stay in the air. I mean, it's parked at Charlie Brown or it's parked at Peachtree DeKalb or it's parked in Panama City. They just go out and... Well, wait a second, Verlin. You, you're a straight-up man. You've lived your life clean your whole life. Why would they have bugged a plane that you're in? Bill Cross associated with it. Bill Cross Jr. Yeah, but they were looking at the old man. What do you mean? You're trying to tell me that, that, that the feds were already following Bill Cross Sr.? Yeah. And you didn't know that? No. And Carl didn't tell you? No. Huh. Might have been a piece of information you might have wanted to know, huh? Yeah, I would have thought so. From from a supposed friend, right? I, even an enemy would have been good. <laughs> so you're doing something you've never done before that's illegal, and you're being tailed, and you don't even know it? No, not at the time, I didn't. Well, no, you found out it sounds like in the air on the way home. Yeah, well, they were tracking us coming in from Columbia. Oh, my God. 
What in the holy shit balls are you thinking? New wife, 10-year-old daughter in Kansas, middle of the night with a DEA on your tail. Uh, thoughts? Well, now we're screwed because <laughs> we're getting low on fuel. The needles are getting empty and we've used this stuff up in the tank, the spare tank. And uh, I let them tell me where the strip was instead of going and finding the airstrip myself. So now we're low on fuel. Don't know where the damn bear strip is for sure and don't have time to look for it. And you could see the, you know, the customs jet and the Black Hawk helicopter and what an aero commander. You had a Black Hawk helicopter on you? Black Hawk helicopter <laughs> and aero commander. Uh, you were in trouble, Merlin. I was in deep shit. <laughs> yeah, you were in trouble, man. It was thundering and lightning, and I thought, if I can just get this fucker in a thunderstorm, I'll lose him. Unfortunately, the gas and the thunderstorm were just a hair too far apart because they couldn't have picked me up with all that lightning. And I figured they weren't they weren't used to flying that low, and I didn't know how good they were, but I was going to bet they were not going to try. And, oh, so your your idea of losing them had you had enough gas? It was predicated on flying skill set low in a thunderstorm. You figured you could, and how do you lose a plane in the sky? I mean, again, in a neighborhood, in a car, I can see it. But how do you literally lose? How far away from them do you have to get to be, quote unquote, lost? Well, there's a lot of lightning flashes in a thunderstorm, and they sure as hell couldn't see me in there. And they weren't going to get too close to me or the, each other. And they were going to say, well, where's that? Where's that? And then the lightning flash, I assumed, was going to screw them up. And I was going to circle back through the thunderstorm back over to the ocean and get back out to the Bahamas if I'd have had the fuel. Oh, okay. I got you. Um, and then I was going to dump the stuff in the ocean. And when you knew it was the feds tailing you with Junior, did, did it cross your mind being forced down? How the hell did they find us? Were you surprised? Yeah, I was surprised. They'd installed. I'm talking about at the moment you knew they were on your ass. Did it cross your mind? How the fuck did they find me, man? Or did you not, or were you not surprised? Well, I wasn't surprised, but I didn't think they could find us. So, yeah, I was kind of trapped at that point because I was halfway back. What did you do? Landed in a cornfield in Georgia. In a, a cornfield? Yeah, on an irrigation kind of ironic since you're a prop duster when you think about it yeah well what was the weather like thunderstorms and bad weather so there's the there's the instrument rated pilot on the brink of sunset on a rainy night in georgia yeah and you get brought down by the dea because you chose to do a job and you got a clown being followed by the feds you didn't know about yeah that's awesome not do you recall ever having any nightmares related to Cross Senior or the DEA or anything related to those two entities? I mean, the premonition kind of nightmares you have described before. I'm talking about premonition nightmares, brother. Not with those guys, no. Okay. At any point, did you ever feel or suspect that you were being followed prior to being brought down in the field in Georgia? Oh, I sure wondered about it. Yeah, I, I suspected we were being followed. I still get a kick out of this. On a rainy night in Georgia, you, you get brought down in a cornfield in a thunderstorm in Georgia, and you get taken to jail in Waycross? Waycross, Georgia. Right here, right now, the whole mess of your story really takes a turn. 
And that concludes yet another tremendous docu-podcast episode for Shadow of a Mercenary, the life story of one Verlin Siefkees. I'm your host, Kevin E. West. Please subscribe, share it with friends, and until next time, stay safe and smart.